Welcome to Into the Mirror, your top podcast for healings, transformations, and brave, mystical, mayhem, psychic, psychotic, and beautiful, amazing awakenings. <laughs> My name is Alexander, and I'll be your host today. I've been trying to work on this podcast on a new episodes, and I've been learning a lot and growing, and every time I come to sit down, like, this anxiety has kind of taken over and kept me from being able to work on it. Today, I'm going to do a podcast episode on something very crazy, um, but very incredibly awesome for me. And that was my spiritual awakening when it happened and how it happened. And no, I don't mean like a AA created spiritual awakening. I mean the awakenings that drive you insane, but lead you to a greater goal. If you look up on Google, some of the initiatory names for the, the Black Sophia awakening, um, Sophia being a representation of the whole spirit of the universe and the black being the representation of the dark night of the soul. So what I'm saying with that is the awakenings for me, mine began. It was terrifying. <laughs> oh my God. It was like, so I read these mystical books and they talk about these people that have these beautiful love awakenings. And I had that, but it was also mis mixed in with just totally losing my mind, psychotic breakdown, um, really scary, really frightening stuff. But that stuff actually turned around. So it became the things that I thought were insane for a while actually weren't insane. I just had to follow through. I had to walk through this process. So let me just begin with where I was at. Um, so I was in California. It was, I, was, I don't know, 29 years old, 30 maybe. And I had ran away from the halfway house in Colorado. Um, so I had already been in the system in jails and the halfway house, but I hadn't been to prison yet. I was terrified of it. I was addicted to drugs, but at this point, opioids had pretty much fallen off. Um, and hold on, my dog is at the... My, uh... Come on, go sit down. Yeah, he's got this injury. All right. Thank you, Maya. So I was in California and I had the felony pro fleeing. So the if I got arrested in California, the greater system sees that I had a warrant and they would take me in. So having this real fear, so this real stuff I had done for years, um, fear of the cops, not fear of cops that fear of being stuck in a system with so much, you know, violence and anger and just oppression. <laughs> so it was scary, but I didn't know at this point how brave I could be. I didn't know how awesome life could be. I mean, I couldn't even use my real name. I had fake IDs. I was at the only reason I was getting by is my family gave me stuff to get by. And since I wasn't doing opioids the same way it wasn't really the same i wasn't i felt like i was getting better but i was really going between these massive swings of like bipolar but it was really induced from drugs and anxiety and stress and so i'm in california and i have this ex-girlfriend we were like kind of best friends i mean we connected really well we dated for a bit and she loved me and i definitely loved her but i wasn't well and i was crazy i'd done I mean, things that I had to forgive myself for about a hundred times before I felt any peace because like she won't, she 
forgiveness is not something that comes very easily for her. And um, I'll be honest, she's still, thank goodness I found the inner forgiveness and how it works. And like that little robot painting is hers. So, you know, I, I still love her. I think very highly of this woman still, her name's Stacy. And it's funny because her name, it mixed into my psychosis. So like, no joke, her name means like resurrection healer and so this is what's going on. I'm on the run in the fear and I kept, I was smoking marijuana and I was getting so blitzed crazy high for a second, like psychosis. And then I would swing back to totally lucid. And, but I was also mixing alcohol. Like I'm not a big drinker, but I was drinking and I started sending texts to her and like, I wasn't, we were supposed to be just working, talking, but it was delusional. I, I There's no way now that I think back to the story how I ever thought I could function in any relationship. So like anyone out there in their awakening steps that has their connection or the person that sparks their awakening, you know, you they talk about a twin dynamic, a twin flame. And I don't mean the romantic. I mean, the twin dynamic activates you. The twin shows you a reflection of you, but it'll show you, like for me, I saw... This woman that I love dearly and did love me. I couldn't explain it. I mean, we, I felt a serious bond, but that bond, it was poisoning me. I mean, not that she was. I was poisoning myself. What I mean is everything I'd already done in that relationship was melting into the now, like into this when I was on the run. So I was in California. I was texting her and and then I like went into some madness and I said stuff. I don't even know what I said, but... At this point, um, it was pretty scary. I wasn't, I kept having these crazy, th this crazy stuff started happening. I mean, like I can't, because I started, I've never been one to really hallucinate, but I'm in California and I, something just shifts in me. So this is where it like really begins. So all that chaos, all that feelings of unworthiness and fear and anxiety and depression and just not feeling good missing half my teeth and just every bit of what I thought made me me has was already broken down I didn't see that I was already very close to I knew I was close to failure and death but I actually didn't know how close I was to success um so the universe kind of made me go nuts with my choices. I choose a lot of substances and that was my only coping skill back then. And plus I was on the run. I was really good with all that fake identification and all those things, breaking rules, I actually understood the system. And I just couldn't stay sober enough to really achieve any success because I was in so much trauma pain. I had a, some trauma in childhood, unhealed, dying parents early. It just melted into my choices and those I used as excuses for a while. And I'm not saying that the pain wasn't real and clearly it was real. Look at my results. But in the end, my PTSD from it, all of it was my choice to heal. So this is where I like this story. So I'm in this crazy thing. And anyone that's had a spiritual awakening of the caliber, mine was like I would call the the God touch. Like God, so I'm in this crazy this Carmichael, California, this ugly house, paying the rent for this guy that told, like, literally told me that a dog was killed by, because I opened the door and made me pay the bill for the vet that never happened. It didn't, he got rid of the dog, and it was just deception. It was sickness, people unwell. I wasn't well. 
everyone around me wasn't well. Shocking how that works. It's kind of law of vibration. And so you start noticing how your inner world and outer world are really the same. It's amazing. So I'm in California. I remember I can't use my real name. Like everything around me starts breaking my computers. Like it was, it was finally, it's over. It was over for me. That was already, think about it, like eight, not 18, 12 years into an addiction run and never truly getting any understanding of the, the peace and the love I feel now. I never once tasted at all. Never. Not through any AA rehab. I had these moments where I felt calm and peaceful, but the stuff I feel now is incredible. When they talk about union with God or consciousness and all the mystics, all the different, and I don't mean religions. I don't care about religions. I think they're systematic structures of control, and we must get rid of those too. But I do believe in spirituality and consciousness. So I didn't have much belief, and I felt so unworthy, but something shifted. Something inside me said, and this gets weird. It's like, it's going to ha it's about to begin. It's like, so I go in my room and I'm in my room for like, it's like three days back the bathroom and I'm having something in me change. And no joke, I'm sitting in my bathroom and the dark me appears like, like the, you'd call the antichrist, the anti-Alexander. <laughs> and, um, truly it said to me, it's like, well, I can help you get through all this stuff but you have to ask me to help you. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm high. Like half of me was saying I'm just loaded. And that's what drugs become is if you're not careful, they hide the truth that their drugs aren't doing the things you think they are. And you're having spiritual experiences, but you have to purify and see what's what. So I'm having this mystical talk with uh, my dark side. So Carl Jung would go crazy for this vision. It was very, cool i i but i felt something amazing happen so this i'm in my room and i remember the gold light so it's dark it's at night but this peace like flew over the room and i can only equate it to like the most spiritual like when you're your best christmas the safest came in and no joke i wasn't studying any of the mysticism i was studying crazy conspiracies and you know like it's acting like a tweak here, but I don't do tweak. I wasn't into the stimulants. I just was <laughs> energetic. I did a lot of opioids. So when I didn't do them, it made me like crazy. Um, I think that that moment I was in my room all alone by myself, this woman, the only good thing, because Stacy was the only thing I thought made me feel good. And I was willing to lie and deceive her to get her, even though I loved her more than I loved myself then. And I mean that like in a good way, it's nothing wrong. The love was real. And I'll get into why it's important to be able to honor what you love, even if they don't love you and to resent them does not help you. It makes, it's a problem for you. So anyway, I'm in my room and it's like this gold light fills the room, like this energy and I see G like the Jesus man, the representation of Christ, Buddha, Martin Luther. And I mean like a lot of different masters came through my room and it was like, they were knighting me, right? They, they touched my shoulder and literally said, now's the time. And I was like, okay. And part of me seemed to like, know there was something to do. And they're like, we want, I'm start in this meditation and just laying there and having these 
profound spiritual shifts through my body. Like I started getting really psychic and tuned in. And the thing is, is it made me very tuned in, but I didn't know it at times. So I would be saying what the person was thinking. I was like in this crazy divine consciousness for days, but I would slip from that back into crazy because I now know thoughts, words, and actions. Like I, my doubt always created all the crazy. I didn't have to have that crazy shit. I honestly think that things, it doesn't matter. Things could have been different, but they are what they are now. And so I had that experience where they touched my shoulder and I start seeing this crazy stuff. I saw the earth change. I saw vi I saw COVID because this is pre-COVID. I saw the I saw some wars. I saw this pyramid UFOs, which I thought was just, you know, Stargate because the pyramid UFOs, and that's how my mind perceived it. But I know Joe saw the world shift and not end, but the end of this all of this stuff. I saw um some sort of weapon go off in Sacramento and I it, it, the vision I'm in my room and they're like, now's not the time you like, it's telling me something, you know, what's going to happen. I thought I was kind of going, cause I would have very scary losing my mind in this experience too. I kept losing my sense of identity, disassociation, a lot of mental disorders stuff was going on that was happening, but I didn't know what I know now about consciousness and how, like how we think our thoughts and the, what they say crazy or not crazy that's all bullshit they just put that line there your mind can flow between totally enlightened into psychotic in minutes because when you're out of balance like i was i was being touched by this universal energy that was like waking me up and radiating energy through me like shit was changing so fast i but I wasn't able to hold it and I was on the run. How can I ever become this being I'm supposed to be when I can't even be my own name in public anymore? I can't even talk to anyone without paranoia. And like, so the universe I know now needed, I, that was my story because it was the only shit that was going to break me of those mental fixations on drugs and heat that. And I, what I like to say is, my fixation on putting my power in something other than my inner being me, my divine aspect. And so this experience, although it was terrifying, like I started seeing visions of the future of a successful me. I had perfect teeth. And remember they, they, I was like, what, how would I do? That? How do I get that? And I was decaying and out of money and, you know, so things, and I'm not honest. And when you're not honest, you really lose part of your chi, even if it's, even if you're not honest for whatever reason, it's if you kind of betray what your heart knows, it's just doesn't work as well. I mean, it just, the heart and mind need to be linked and this was realignment. So I, so anyways, it hits, it hits this apex where it's crazy. I'm having all these rapid visions of futures events. I'm texting people and I'm just manic and I want to sleep and I get, I start, I mean, just sadness. I remember I left a message, the last message on that, my ex-girlfriend. I just remember myself crying and like a kid and needing help. And I really did need help. I needed someone so bad, but I'm so glad that no one came. Like, I'm so glad that she did whatever she needed to do. And, um, I guess hit, hit, ran away. I mean, it sounds shitty to say that, but she just, you know, avoided it. And thank goodness, because I wasn't like a, I never, I would have, 
I never had any charges where I was like violent or anything. And she many times could have called cops and not for violence, but just for crazy shit. I was and gotten some, you know, upped all the karmic stuff already in my life. And I'm so grateful she never did. I guess, you know, and after I healed a lot of this stuff, it, it's, it goes so cool. Things got are so much better. But so in this experience, the day happens. I don't know what day it is. I could look at what, and I got extradited and one, but I lost it. I was seeing shit. My mind was going crazy. I saw all this UFO stuff, which now isn't so crazy, but just a crazy download of information, just boom, all at once. And it left me to this point where it said, now is the time, right? And so I would like crazy, man. Luckily I had clothes on, uh, no shoes on, socks on. And it's raining in Sacramento, crazy raining. And I am told that the world's going to end. It's ending. It's done. And it's now. And so to run in that, I needed to pray. And I didn't understand the definition of prayer just the way I do now. And so a lot of the symbolism I saw really actually does make sense. But this, I thought, was a real vision. So my third eye was having this vision. But I was also moving. This is why shamans have friends around them when they do like psychedelic shaman experiences. Because... You can live in the experience and your body can keep moving. And that's what happened to me. I ran, but I, I saw this whole vision, this end. I saw this future. I saw all the wars and these things go on. And it was so, and it still feels true to me. And after what has happened since, I don't doubt a lot of them. I doubt a lot of the crazy accusations and awful things I would say about people because they were hurting. I was hurting and, you know, I, when I'm hurting, I spread my hurt. But anyway... So I run out of my door, down the street, down the road, scary, dark as night, and I don't know, maybe 11 or 10, I, I was not coherent. I was switching between realities. I kept seeing, and angels were with me, and I'm running down the street, and I'm praying in my heart as I'm running. And I said to, the, to whatever, the universe, because I was about to die, and I f saw the bomb go off in Sacramento, and my skin melted. I felt it. I decayed. I died. And it sounds crazy to tell people, but I died and I faced that death with courage. And it sounds so crazy, but that was the beginning. Because when I disappeared into this void, and I know I was probably just I was standing, clearly I had to be standing in the middle of the road with my eyes closed, or, but it was the black void. And God said, what do you want? And I said, well... The world is in, but I want a chance to be my best self. I said it. I was I was like, I want a chance to be my best self. And all of a sudden, God said, okay. And remember, the world had disappeared. I died, and I thought it was over. And I also, during the vision, saw lots of people in my life die and lots of phone calls where somehow I was some sort of leader. And, you know, I mean, I don't, it was very hard to accept. So I'm running down, and I see all these futures. And I'll explain, I saw many different futures. Dr. Strange, that stuff he talks about is something that was happening to me. I was having very astral projection going on, spontaneous. There's so much more to the story. But the cool thing is, is God that just said, okay, and so be it. And all of a sudden my world reappeared and I was so excited because I thought I personally <laughs> had brought the whole planet back. All right. Some, you know, I, I thought my prayer was the reason why. And and remember, I had felt death that night. I felt it. I experienced it. And 
it was, it was that one was burning and fire and it just burned me from the inside but then as i'm running down the street i try to stop the car and said we did it we're back and this is crazy manicness and um i ended up in trying to go like knock on the neighbor's door and i knock and i open the door so i didn't really give him time to answer and somehow this guy had a gun i mean i instantly he had a gun and he pulled it and he had it. He must have been, I don't know. I think he was doing cocaine. That's what I remember. Some weird, but that I really wasn't well. I had angels around me that were guiding me through these experiences because it got so scary. I was so scared during that. I was, it was terrifying. These aren't fun experiences. Like I said, it was a rapid waking up and it was even more rapid after the experience. That's what it gets even crazier. I, um, puts a gun to my head and all of a sudden I go outside my body and there's an angel talking, this white celestial being. And all of a sudden I'm speaking so lucid and clear. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. You know, when you just do a little too much drugs, I, and I said it and it was so annoying. Cause I was like, I need you to just help me call the police, you know, and remember I'm the, I'm the run. And I, something was making me, not it was like liar liar where he can't lie that happened to me and it wasn't funny because i was um that was my coping skill right lying that's how i succeeded in the drug world of trauma and the, that world of self-abuse and other abuse it's it's awful so sorry um yeah he was puts it to my head and obviously didn't shoot me. He, um, he puts me in the corner and holds the gun to me and he calls the cops. And I remember I tried to walk away and he kicked me. And I remember I still have that scar on my knee, but he called the cops and I had no identification on me. I have very good fake IDs that I could have used. And so all of a sudden I go through that Ascension bliss feeling where God and I were reunited. It was like my, even though I know I died, it was like I was being reborn. And I'm not like into the religious dogma, but I do believe in the way things heal and change and spirit is real to me. Um, consciousness is totally real. So I had some angel in my mind around me and he calls and it calms down and they, I'm, I guess I'm screaming, like I'm going through these crazy, seeing all these visions. It was like so much intuition and and that's where I know that I that's I was guided and protected by angels that night. I was so crazy. I was so I needed that to happen. That's a negative positive awakening. Like I wasn't willing to fa I wasn't brave enough to face that stuff without I guess for me I needed to have God with me. I mean, I I didn't know it. I wasn't religious like that. I couldn't stand most religions because I was raised religious and I think there's so much dogma and half this vision was because the religion and um you know God had to burn off all this stuff or I had to burn off all the stuff that was blocking me from my true self and I began the process so the cops try to identify me and I they're like who can we call they thought they were going to just take me to a mental thing a detox for a night and Something took my voice and I tried to, I instantly tried to lie. I remember I just prayed for being my best self. So this angel was with me in the back of the cop car and I tried to give him like, 
fake names and every time my full name I couldn't lie my my full name my birthday and then all of a sudden somebody said and by the way I have felon <laughs> I have felonies in Colorado and I just told on myself and I know that the thing is if I didn't do that then I probably wouldn't be here today because man I was scared um all of a sudden I I became more lucid and started thinking about prison and these places I was going to be and I rem I remember um it was really it was very scary. I was uh but I something said this angel said I said I was cuz I was afraid of getting in fights or I honestly was afraid of being raped or sexually assaulted in prison and I I remember um the angel said that no one would touch me at all unless i i touched them first like no just basic basic uh, behavior and i kept seeing i kept being it was there was me and then there was me and it was like i was being pulled back together like a soul two souls rejoined and um i was it was it sucked i mean most of it sucked it did it was awful at times but i knew that was where i what i needed to do and i remember they finally saw my warrants and I guess in California they have the list and it shows a smiley face next to people with felony warrants and they ended up taking me to Sacramento County Jail, which is a very awful jail, but and I was still not well. I for weeks had my brain it was a super big download of something, right? And I thought I kept going back from I'm crazy. That was to I was very spiritual and then I just started opening up to my spirit and to what I, my inner being. And I read, I, you know, I wasn't, I read all the different spiritual books, but they sometimes only have Bibles. And so you read those and I try to remove as much of my own judgment, but I started learning a lot of wisdom quickly. I remember the first act I did when I got into county jail and I'm proud of this. I, I just, because I did it, but I was scared and I, I gave, so this guy was leaving the jail. He's in the holding cell with me and I was going in and he was going to go home. He had a drinking thing and he was arrested without a shirt and I had a shirt. I didn't have shoes or anything, but you know, I had this nice kind of like this shirt, but better material. And I gave it to him. I gave him a shirt so he could, so he could not be cold. It was raining. Like I said, um, in that action, I know going into jail, no one, it's awful, like especially the crowded ones. I spent a day and a half on the cement floor waiting for bunk. And I started realizing like this real spiritual superpowers were turning on my ability to tune into things in this heart space. I was feeling a warm, a little, little fire, like a, a little pinprick of a fire. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? Is this heartburn? And like, I just went through so many steps with it. But um, I started, so in initiatory steps, there's different steps and different groups, but there's in the Christian ones or the other ones, there's the pure, there's the awakening, the baptism, you know, and then there's the um, purification. Um and the purification is what I was in and what I still am in at times. My behavior, oh my gosh, how I speak, what I eat, what I drink, what I do, everything was purified. So not just a little like, let me not do drugs. No, everything changed. And as I 
got braver. I started facing truths and facing childhood pains and traumas. And so the universe was, I mean, I, I was connected to source. I still remember that connection, but I was still in that crazy visions where it was hard for reality. I was trying to make sense of it and, um, calling my mom, remember my ex, I, I finally, I mean, some, finally something shut down and I didn't try to contact her like some obsessive ex. I was just, you know, with her, I was just really hurt and didn't have anyone. I, I, and I, anyone love is amazing. And there's no question that I didn't love her. <laughs> so, and that's the good part. You know, I started learning how to access the love parts and let go of all the rest because it, you know, the ego mind was the one saying that I had to have these things in this order to be happy. But I was noticing I was already happy, locked up in these jail cells with these crazies, just like me and peace and love and all that. So I remember they were going to extradite me back to Colorado. I had already done that twice before, one time on a plane, another time on a bus. I mean, I had the same charges following me for like 10 years. And it was because I stole from my own family, my grandparents. It's not funny, but I, that's how stupid it is. And my grandparents had already, you know, forgiven me, worked all up, but the system just kept violating my probation. And every time I relapsed, it would be a more intense situation, more intense drama. And so my ex and the, just the friendship part of it too, like it was painful for people to watch me decay. I also was getting very sick. Like everything before that was, I was, I was dying. I would have, I would have fallen off some way if I, if I didn't go through this awakening. Um, so remember I was having this crazy angel vision, but the crazy visual stuff that was scary and I stopped, my brain started finding homeostasis, you know, finding peace. And I would pray and meditate, just talking to God in my heart, like my best friend talking like it's me talking to my future kid and me talking to my dad. It's awesome. I started finding the inner being is so powerful. I, I started feeling the connection in my heart and I was given this ability to just meditate. I mean, just lay there and heal myself. Like it sounds funny, but not sleeping. I did, I did work. I can tell you that day on, I... I, it's taken me a long time to clear some of the stuffs, like to forgive myself. But I never, from that day, I did start becoming my best self. So psycho, psychic, psychotic, it all those don't matter. Because where I'm at now is peace and power and wisdom and love and joy. Anyway, I go through that experience and... I feel so connected to God, no matter what, like that changed. I never lost this connection. Only when I thought it was lost, it wasn't as soon as I spent time focusing on it. It was only when I chose not to harness it. So I, the Denver County, they came and they showed up in um, two cops to extradite me. And remember, I'd given my shirt away in the jails in California are so cheap, they don't even have clothes like shirts to give you. So I have these pajama pants on and no, just, I don't even know. There's no socks. They put me in like this Barney suit, like this Barney, like medical color purple thing. And they were extraditing me through the airport. And so this is where some of my ego deaths happened on further and further levels. I am, um, 
I won't, it wasn't fun to be shown in handcuffs half naked like a nut job that I was crazy and I did things that weren't honest and that took time but I wasn't a bad unworthy being and shame was something I would do battle with and finally overcome and um but it was only after <laughs> shame uh, over and over and over again until I finally figured out how to start changing things from the inside out and so they take me to the airport and I I was meditating or praying to God and contemplating and saying can we like this is hard and I I said can we please help me get through this I um and I, I remember I asked one of the deputies I was like man this is so embarrassing can you please just get me a shirt <laughs> and um the guy he did I felt his heart I felt it change and it was so as much as it was awful for me it was so cool to see people be kind um so he bought me this california shirt and like the california bear and i always think of it as mama bear the divine mama that as much as i um hated some of those experiences and god i do not envy people in prisons and um it was really I could already see how things would start unfolding in my favor, but I remember I'm in the airport. I, at this point, at least had five years of sentencing coming. I had violated an F3 felony. It's That's pretty crazy, especially for what I did. It was, the felonies have changed how they work, but I had a very heavy potential sentence, and I had charges in three counties, and it was just always such a mess. None of my friends or people can understand how hard it was to be brave and to have courage and to have honesty and to just be me. So spirit helped me, consciousness, love helped me. I believe in that love. I believe that we're connected. And he got me a shirt and I keep that shirt as a a reminder that even in some really dark times, people can do amazing angelic things, right? So Spiritualists talk about the angels will show up to help you and you and I can be an angel. I started seeing my vision. A lot of the angels I was seeing when I was crazy with the cops were the cops. And I saw how even cops can be angels and they work for, you know, the universe, for the divine, for mama bear, for the divine father. I mean, I got extradited and yeah, it was a process. I got a I wanted to avoid the sentencing to go to prison as long as possible, but I sent some time in Denver County getting prepared because I knew it was going to happen. So I'd already done jail and halfway out. So I and I never was had a problem. But remember, it's a it's it's a much different experience in prison than jail because people aren't going home. There's no bond. <laughs> it's it's, it's done and there's peace in that and then there's also just pain in that so my experiences guys started having a lot i had to go into den into prison and get shaven you know they shave your face now take a picture they don't shave your hair anymore your top this hair but it's called a shoe and i remember i get there and i I have learned how to meditate over the months since i had been holding county jail and i was having mystical 
ability. I could leave my body and go into this energy field. I could things that now I know aren't as crazy when you study consciousness, but it was amazing and euphoric. And I think it was a divine blessing, kind of a manic spiritual push. And people call things mania or anything, but that's just energy. It's, I mean, not just people have mental illnesses, but honestly, I found that they're all just me. Like it's me. I uh, the crazy shit that people think they're afraid. It's their fear of being crazy. Like the truth is, it's not. It's relative. <laughs> so anyway, I'm in county and meeting great people, and I'm telling the truth bluntly. Like I went to on the step where I just told the truth, but it really wasn't helpful at this point because I would say it bluntly. I wasn't feeling the truth, so. There's some steps with healing that I would say that had to happen. And so I just started, you know, studying still. My mom was sending me books. And um, so I go into prison and the, the DRDC, it was awful. The depression in those places, the crazy. And I started noticing that I was seemed to feel everyone's feelings at a new level. So my intuitive empath ability was activated to like the hundredth degree after this point. It was like all of a sudden after that night where I thought I died, I was able to tune into everyone's feelings. But my own fear, my own choices was keeping me from my true inner abilities for healing. I, the stone walls of prison. So I got, after I got into prison, I had no phone contact. It was like a couple of weeks where mom can't talk no one can talk to you so i was and it's about 23 hours in one lockdown it's a very awful experience you don't have books yet because you're not on a yard and everyone's terrified of going to different prisons and it's now where i'm at and how i feel things i'm like man holy shit it's amazing i did you know was able to manage it so my first celly actually ended up having like a charge a he, I could feel it, the nervousness, like a sex charge, something not, I mean, the way he told it, remember, was some, it was a local town thing. And anyway, he was scared. He wasn't like a child predator or anything. He wasn't even like a rapist or anything. It was just something dumb. And he was terrified, though, because those people in prison it are used for other people's, I mean, there's people that have done awful things. And I understand us wanting to, you know, correct those things. But a lot of people in prison just choose the person that's worse than them. And that's them, the sex offenders. And so there's this fear. And I, he told me and I was like, dude, I don't, I'm not here to punish you. You know, I, I was only a Sully for a few days. And oh, he was terrified of going to Sterling. And I went to Sterling eventually. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, I got sent to a private prison at first and it was 12 person bunks and I started reading a lot more books, but the coldness, all of a sudden the spirit I could feel, but I was in the prison at that point. I was in the vibration and every day was a fucking fight for my survival from the inside out. Like I learned I have that ability with spirituality, but if unless I put it to practice and oh man, that heavy depression, it was, I I learned how to do Hare Krishna and chanting. There was a, a de-escalation room, the only painted room with bright colors. And remember, this is right in CMRC, which had no 
nature, nothing. The yard, the workout yard with the basketball was indented like in a basement. You could see Pike's Peak coming. It was that was beautiful at sunset, but man, I didn't like what I know about being an empath and I learned through reading. I was I now, I mean, I know amazing coping skills for really hard situations. It taught me how to be brave and to stand on my own my own two feet. It's like I try to talk about it with certain people that like go to war and soldiers in terms of the fear that prison is like you're on your own war. You're at war with every person around you because you truly are at war with yourself. And you start, you don't have like the team, the support, you don't feel safe. And that was hard for me to create safe space. And um, CMRC, I ended up getting lucky enough with just, this is the what I call those like tender mercies of God. I was barely there, but they were moving people, and I signed up for the privileged pod, which they had an Xbox with a few games, and they had things that honestly on the outside are fun, but for me, since I was locked up, it kind of made it hard for me to enjoy anything except for like I loved movie weekend. This lady, Mama J, this brought in movies, so I got to watch the Avengers, and I can tell you, I loved how good it felt with that empath building on those nights it was so cool to feel the whole place just happy and safe and so i have a fondness for all those movies now at a new level um anyway i had to work through a lot of stuff i started exercising some there doing this um insanity workout every day in the, this little room this tiny room not much bigger than this doing this exercise with these old guys that were doing a lot longer time and I didn't know how long I was in prison yet. I had already been sent to prison, but I was still going to county jail to be sentenced for other stuff. So by a sequence of events, because of another God moment, I was supposed to be sentenced in one county, El Paso County, before I was sentenced in Larimer County, which is Fort Collins. And because I was sentenced first there, that one county didn't see the other charge. So the system, what I mean, I would have had a six-year sentence. But I got a five-year sentence just by – and it came because of like what seemed like awful odds at first because they missed, didn't pick me up. And so hard. You feel so powerless. And my mom, my poor mom who always supported me, and I'm so glad that I'm alive and healthy and able to do this. So the spiritual awakening every day, guys, it, was, it wasn't easy. I went through a purification. I have to learn how to – go inward to get honest and to stop giving all my power away to substances. And I had to get off of antidepressants there. They put me on all these meds that were just actually making things worse, but fear kept me stuck in depression. But I kept studying. I kept reading. I crushed hundreds of books and my mom came to visit me and it was funny because she's like this prison. She was like energy in her mind. Saying it was going to shut down and no joke, the governor, this is right before all the COVID shut it down. And I get shipped to first I got sent to Trinidad, which is was like a breath of fresh air. I mean, they didn't have a kill fence. They didn't have any of this awful, just a single fence. And I was happy there. I knew I could sit there for a while longer. I had just done a lot a shorter time at a way awful place. And I had built up a power in me that I didn't know was so powerful until I got out of 
all these re- it's like you know i'd been exercising getting strong for the game and now i was in the game and it was easier so the universe had other plans for me Remember, i had a five-year sentence and was seeing parole within a year or so of being there but they put me in a cmr they put me in a drug program because in their infinite wisdom their support program saved uh, it was awful so a sentence to sterling which is a very it's an awful prison i um it gets, I remember I was depressed. I just met my old roommate who just moved out of this house, who was my cellmate. And I had a good cellmate for a month, right? It was so nice to have someone I didn't feel in danger around. And they had like, no joke, they had the shower that they just remodeled. The inmates did. And it had a, like a waterfall top shower and a, like a little, a nice bench, like everyone was a um, handicap stall. And I would I would go in there and sit there sometimes and meditate and just and sometimes cry. It was I started learning how to create safe space wherever I was, even in the most vulnerable places like a shower. And it was it was incredible because all of I I mean my case manager ends up calling me down and telling me I'm going to this program, TC. And I had not seen parole, and I was about to see parole, so I had a chance. And I probably would have gotten out if they didn't have the TC program that time. But I end up in Sterling. And everyone knew that if you want to start TC, you'd be paroled on completion of TC, which is a year program. And I was on a waiting list, and it's a very awful program full of awful, awful, awful treatment modalities, right? So... I mean, it's, I don't even need to get into that part, but I was sent to Sterling and it happened. I remember, I mean, I remember the first time I had a cell with like a TV by myself for a, over a year was in DRD again when I was being transferred back to Sterling. And anyway, I get to Sterling and I get a cellmate and he's not, he's in, he's in gangs and he's doing drugs and the dark energy was there. I was so crazy to feel this distinct difference, but it was a lesson I needed. Um, so I'm reading these books and I spent all my time in the cell and it's weird because cellies get weird. They start like wives, they point out things like, and they just focus on the issues, especially if they're doing drugs. So my cellie would get mad that I spent time studying. He didn't spend time in there. He just didn't like that I was in there it was weird. So, and he started doing a lot of meth in there and he started hallucinating paranoia. And, you know, I just came down from my crazy, I wasn't going to do meth. I wasn't going to do those things. I had, I, it was just too, thank God I didn't do it. I, um, so anyway, I go to TC and the weirdest thing happened. It said, dude, you're going home. This intuitive voice in my heart soon, like, and it said, you're going home. And I'm like, no, they just, so I see parole and they say, oh, you're paroled on completion of TC. So that's, that's pretty much getting a year set back with that, with them saying that they're paroling people, but they're not. Um, so I go into the program and I'm having that inner fire voice telling me, dude, it's time. Like the same, it's time to face your fears. It's like, you're out of here, man. And I remember telling my friends that like one guy that was in TC, that was I told him I was scared to tell people any hope because they'll just stomp on it, right? They'll just be like, well, boom, you're an idiot. Just sit back and accept that you're stuck like we have and don't face any of your stuff. <laughs> but I was 
meditating. I was working out to, I wasn't working out as much as I was meditating. I started running at the end there and that was what started, jump started everything now. And I started building those habits there and I built them whether or not I got pro. I did none of the stuff for getting things. I learned, I started giving up my control and so something happened and all of a sudden the first COVID thing happened. And I, so I told my friend, I felt like I'd give me out. And he looked at me confident and he was this guy that lived a very homeless life. He said, I believe you will. And to have someone finally support me, like it was great. It was good to have that. And anyway, COVID and all that happened. It hit the prisons first in Colorado. And I, um, I got, released out of like the only 290 i'm like this healthy you know younger man but this is the other thing my tooth had busted out like so i would miss i felt so ashamed and i had to let go of all the things that i thought made me me including my looks especially those things and learn how to smile i know it's all guys and i'm not gay but i still want didn't want i was covering the face the shame cover the Shame, shame, shame. Let me not show you because I feel unworthy. And I say, fuck that. I'm so glad I found that fucking fire. And I also found that that fire was, for me, like I had a true kundalini spiritual awakening. I learned how to meditate. I accessed the inner higher self. And I started learning a lot about the universe. I just didn't. It was like my own world. I was safe in there. And I had started getting comfortable because of my past my passion and the divine and all those things. And I had to work it to honest. I had to be brave. There were so many instances where I had to trust that statement of the angels where no one would hurt me unless I punched someone or did it first. And almost fights, almost like if you're not brave in there, you'll get used, you'll get extorted. And I found the coolest thing for me is I finally was wise enough, old enough, hurt enough to get honest and I was honest to the best of my ability it wasn't all it's not honest like I am now now it's a whole different level of honesty I so I get I have that paroled on completion and then COVID happens and my mom was tuned in her own intuition she had this intuition one day to send an email to the Colorado Coalition because COVID had locked up the programs they weren't happening so I was sent on parole and the funny thing is is Back in Trinidad, I remember telling my friend, I was like, well, this is probably my fastest way home. I'm going to say that I accept that this path the universe is taking me on, which is totally moving me all around. It sucks. You're handcuffed up the whole time when you're transported. It's just an awful experience. But I started learning how to be comfortable with all that stuff. And they have that Imagine Dragons song where it's like, I'm waking up on the prison bus and that song was on when I was in the bus. And I was like, oh, my God, stop this fucking synchronicity of darkness. <laughs> and I mean it good now, but I now see how aligned things were actually realigning. My my soul, my body, whatever you want to call it, was connecting to self again to bring the true Alexander out. And I mean, I'm Alexander, and I know it. My name, not Alex, it's Alexander. And it's not and I, and I realize why it's a powerful name. And once I'm willing to accept it, it's worth it. It's a great name. And I, I just feel like Alex is more that shadow self and Alexander is the wiser growing up self. And anyway, they, 
it's crazy because I told my mom, I told everyone after it, I know I'm going home. I feel it. And this, I was scared and I didn't trust, I trusted it, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. And they locked down the whole prison. And I feel this weird fire, like this energy, but I couldn't call home. And I had no idea I was going home. And my mom had sent an email to the coalition for attorneys and they sent stuff to the parole board for other people. And lo and behold, the, uh, this counselor shows up at my door and if I could share with you the relief, I mean, just, oh my God. She, she says, Jones, sign your paperwork. You're going home. And <laughs> I, had, I had a year. I had, ex I said to God, I was like, it's fine. I've done year and a half here i can do another year i can do this i this power started coming to me and wisdom and learning to cut ties when necessary to set boundaries and anyway i my mom didn't know that i had finally found out so she was sending these jpay messages to try to get me a message that you're going home and i'm so grateful for that experience, that part, I mean, I call that really the darkest part. It really, it really started getting better after that. <laughs> and I realized why, because it was already getting better from the inside, no pun intended, from the inside out, from inside my own prison walls, which is inside my heart. And man, I... I get sent to this awesome sober living compared to where I was. What was called Lotus Lodge, and I remember the first night sleeping in my bed, no one around me, listening to my own music. I'm sorry, it's, it was really amazing. This. I felt that golden peace I talked about in the beginning, but this time, that dark fear, that crazy, it wasn't there. I um, It was so amazing. I didn't know that peace like that could exist. And yeah, I, I went to bed and I woke up and for a long time I had to... I had to like teach myself I was free. It was... It was really amazing, but also that depression. I had to transmute it. I had to face things. I started at this awesome CrossFit gym, started exercising a lot, and I was walking every day. It felt so good. I did my parole. I got through my parole. That was really three years and eight months. I mean, these miracles just happened, and what I had to do each day was show up and I, for me, I had to be honest. And honesty, I figured, it took me a while to figure out what the honesty was. Then it took me even longer to be brave enough to do the honest things. But as I started doing that, Maya, I love you. You can sit up here. And I'm not done. She can tell when I feel emotions. She, yeah. Uh, so, <sighs> yeah. Okay. This dog. Yeah. So anyway, I I started working out, exercising, started trying to clean up my stuff. I um 
I felt a lot of shame still. I felt the prison shame. Like I went to prison. I'm a loser. I'm a felon. I'm a drug addict. But I also had that inner divine being that was saying, you're a divine being. You're a son of God. You're part of the light. You're, you're Buddhahood. You're Maya. What are you? What? She just, what are you stealing, dude? What did you take? Maya, drop. I th she just took something right off the. I have no idea what she just ate either. Usually she said. <laughs> anyway, I'm in Lotus Lodge and I'm meditating and still the rehab community and I'm still like talking kind of like tough and I was started just this anger would come out of me about everything because when you're in there you have to suppress it else you end up dead <laughs> because you'll get so mad and they'll. Man, there's people that are more mad than you in there, and there are people that are tougher than you. And so I had a lot of anger at normal people that just didn't see how much suffering there was. And it's part of awakening these steps, but I had to catch up. My body, my mind, all of that had to catch up to that future vision of I saw where I was a leader. I was successful. I was healthy. I had a daughter. I had a dog. I had a beautiful, healthy relationship, but also a very powerful purpose. Something I thought was impossible. I mean, since childhood trauma, I had thought it was over. I didn't know how much I believed it was over. And that goes back to a lot of dogma and religious garbage and just bad ideas. Just wrong. And so I'm in there and I start working through all my stuff. I mean, out of there. At Lotus Lot. So each step I had to get a little braver. I had to learn to take in more energy. And I studied new stuff that taught me more and more stuff about me. I learned about my intuition, my psychic gifts that are real, but extremely frustrating when you don't master them. Because you start thinking about it. How many people have thoughts? How many thoughts do you have that if you were like sharing space and I could read them, would you not want me to hear it because the context is wrong? Like what I mean is psychicness has different degrees. So you can hear thoughts, you can hear feelings, you know, like there's, it's the infinite. It's that higher self tuning into the void to the, anyway, without context, being an intuitive empath is very hard. So I learned quickly non-judgment because I could sense things with people. I could feel them and I didn't know. I was like, what, what? No, that's not true. I'm just being an asshole or I'm just... No, I started realizing I was very gifted. Uh, but I had a lot of pain. The the ex, I faced that. I, you know, I still tried with her. She was the last of the Mohicans with the pretending. I mean, not that I was pretending anything much in the end, but we started talking again after prison, which I thought was impossible. And I used to say, oh, if I talk to her again, I'm going to know the universe that I'm part of this thing. And she would talk to me. And every time I'd say these things, like if this happens, then I'll believe they would happen. And, you know, I wouldn't accept, I would believe, but then I would doubt myself and remove all that power. So went to Lotus Lodge. I didn't, AA was not for me. I, I took what I could from it and leave the rest. You know, I didn't want to be stuck in those groups. And as an empath, I saw how dangerous that was. I didn't know it before because I had never gotten this clean and sober. And I mean, when I say sober, I mean, knowing what I am or where I'm going. I mean, and so thank God that egoic part of the divine, I need money. I need to be successful. That's started to fade. Something much more powerful took over. Um, I started just 
really getting honest and figuring out what that was. Um, each step, it's gotten better. I went from there to my own place. I spent like nine, a year at that place with this dog. I learned how to have a dog healthy and each day learned more spiritual stuff. I mean, it's been profound. It's never, as long as I stay open, open to possibility and be and truthful and I show up, the courage, it's not as scary anymore. Now those things, I have this powerful master energy in me that is just really kick ass. It's way better than it was. <laughs> so I started running and meditating and my old concepts, the old mind fucks had to slowly get removed. It took a while, but yeah, day by day, bit by bit, I purified my inner being. I became what they call the hollow bone. I could feel stuff, but I did have to let go of everything. Um, that ego, I had to let go of Stacy. Like that was a scary thought. Like, and then it's funny as I woke up. This is something I wanted to definitely share about it. Is my heart. I learned that the heart had and the connection and we shut ourselves off from the infinite love. And this doesn't mean like we shut ourselves off from God, but anytime you are dishonest and you deny what you love. So Stacy, love her unconditionally. But anytime I was pretending not to love her, like saying, oh, blah, 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 making up hate, that was only denying my true power. And it doesn't mean I get Stacy back, but as I accepted in my heart, the love, love that I had for her and the joy that she made me feel, all that freaking garbage fear started disappearing. And yeah, I mean, we didn't need to talk anymore. And I was like, not dependent on that. I, I, I guess the old me had to really die. And that took, I had to make a choice. So I had to be shown what I used to do. And I had to be asked inside, am I ready to change? And sometimes that took longer. And I remember I I don't like following anyone's Instagram from my past. I don't look at her, but her dad is my friend on there. I think in my manicness, I, I added him a lot like years back. And anyway, I saw her with another person of another guy. And it was after a spiritual meditation and all these experiences happened that she didn't even know that taught me how to be brave. I saw the picture of it and it's like, I had already let her go and it still made me cry. Like I was like, Oh my God, that's, it's over, <laughs> you know, like, and the universe had to show me these things. And I am glad because Stacy and I at that point stopped talking. So the algorithm had to show me and help me. And I saw the universe use everything in my space, no pun intended, I use my space, but in my energy to show me what I am, a true divine son of God, just like you, just like her. And as I released those attachments, what I really learned is I was releasing so like the energetic field, I had a block. We all put a block here. It's just an on and off switch. And if you don't accept the love, it goes off. And that was happening. I didn't know that I had so much awesome potential. Like I knew I had potential, but I didn't know I had so much more power in me than my ability to create like ideas for money. I am an amazing in tuned person to people's emotions and Oh, so sorry, I'm seeing a message from someone on the on Discord. Anyway, I trying to lose my I lost my train of thought there. She distracted me. Um I learned so much all the time. You know, I, I learned and I healed those wounds where I could look at or think of 
this Stacy with someone else. And I was so happy. I learned this inner heart space meditation. If you want to learn it, I'll teach it to you. But how to go in your heart and you're them as them and you're them and you're going to send love. You're going to send only unconditional love and whatever. It's energy. So I started meditating and sending this love and release forgiveness, not to win her over. Nope. I want to, I want her to feel if she can ever feel the love I felt in my heart. Like I had this constant connection to source and I still do. I feel like I am like the beloved of God all the time. And it's a very mystical thing that happened to me, but it didn't, it happened overnight, but it took years. So that's, what's so cool is like the vision. I don't know if it was like alternate futures, how the mind works, but through meditation and other mystical experiences, I have learned some pretty awesome, like stuff we can do. I mean, how powerful it is to, when we get honest. So learning how to heal the heart and connect the heart and head, the coherence between them, the meditation, contemplation, all the different yogas. And since I, I, I'm smart, I, the shame kept me stuck. Like I was unworthy and as I faced those things and learned to face anything I was afraid of, I studied all the stoicism. I had to be courageous. And yeah, that truth, maybe the fear might be true, but it is true only until I face it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a true thing. I'm afraid and I'm empowering it. That's what I try to tell people about manifestation and fear. You have to become that state before you are. And that's what we are able to do. But we, it's so stuck and hunched over. Everyone's not breathing. Like, learn to fucking breathe. <gasps> I mean, that breath right there is as good as any of those heroin injections. <laughs> and I'm so, it's so funny because opioid suppressed breathing. Like, I had to learn to control my breathing, like, naturally. I was always trying to do this to myself, but through these chemical artificial means. I, anyway, I started that. I moved on. I, my friend, I started helping my friend get a place to stay after prison because of charges. It's hard to get housing. And anyway, step by step, it grows. All these things come from, you know, my healthy Past, I mean, I bring my past brings me to the present, right? I have a healthy present because I realized that the past wasn't quite unhealthy. It was until it wasn't. What I mean is it's totally shitty until it's not. So once you start facing it, it makes all the failures become successes. Like Edison, 10,000 times weren't failures. They were the process of transmutation to the successful event. It's one event. Not, you know, anyway, once I started learning the daily practice and I started waking up early, having tears just shed all these experiences, and it was like my heart was being untangled. I was feeling energy. I still do. I can feel it in people. I feel the magnetics of people. I can tune in, and I don't have to be crazy. I don't have to be on so many fucking drugs for spiritual experiences. Like, wow, so awesome. I, My dog is so awesome. I mean... I have to say that as much as I liked impulsiveness for me, I like slow and steady a turtle's pace. As the world speeds up, I must slow down. I've learned how the mind and the heart and how they work together, how to breathe, how to eat right, how to have relationships with 
people and make them healthy, even if I it's not romantic. Like I used to only be motivated by women or drugs, and now I'm motivated by love on all levels, and I am so good at it. I know how to experience lovemaking on a level that's profoundly beyond what was possible when um when I was on drugs, not just drugs, when I believed the stuff that they try to shove down our throats, those dark lies, the the things, the sadistic imprisonment they do to people through the mind, through the media, through all of it. The lies, it's deception. And I learned about Maya, and I know I love studying uh, Carl Jung. I love Joseph Campbell, and I love learning the hero's journey that I'm on, and I love seeing how the divine, the Sophia, the the Black Sophia event is not black. It's just that wisdom comes black and white come together, the union of opposites. And it was, it was, it was fake. I mean, as scary as possible, even though the illusions, those things that happened were in my mind most of the time. But the thing is that you start learning how the mind is, when you have these experiences, it shows you perceptional states that you just, don't understand until you have that ego shattering like me getting sent to prison losing my teeth all those things uh, losing everyone i loved having no one that trusted me going to now i have tons of people that love me my stepdad who's my dad i just use that to say because my dad biological dad died i mean i have a closer connection to my dad jeff than ever i feel my heart space the ancestors and my dad David trusts me. He trusts me. I mean, oh my God, that is so cool to be trusted. It's it's funny that I was the most deceptive person, and but it was because that was my coping skill. I learned light and dark. The their skill sets that we use to move energy, or what I, if you want to say it, just everything's energy and everything's data. So, and it's moving from these different subtler forms. So from thoughts to words to actions words are actions and so are thoughts but so you see the degree of the thought because before you even see a word because most english people are in prison to the word i started seeing the pattern of thoughts the pattern of heartbeat how heart had coherence all of these things science and spirituality are unifying as long as we get rid of the deceptive people the deception it's um it's super cool what's happening so anyway my world got so much better I'm still growing. I'm learning how not to want to burn down the system now. And I'm learning how to set boundaries with care and help people. I can hear what their heart's saying. I can. And if I trust God and the universe, I end up being able to play an amazing role in people's life. I I have this effect, a meteoric effect, you'd call it. But it used to be meteorically bad. But now it's like meteorically beautiful and good and helpful like i can help people shift things rapidly so i used to work on triage shaman and growing this new community and safe space and giving people safe space and teaching them how to create the heart space safe space so i don't want to get into all the skill sets i learned i just want to tell you that the psychosis step on the scale of consciousness is just a, a point in it right because psychosis to one person is stability to another being like you'll see like we are all one being connected and separate and that's so cool the paradox and if you start exploring the inner world the answers are there 
I'm so grateful to be healthy and I send love to all my people and anyone that was in my life then. I'm sorry. I was terrified. I am sorry that I caused harm for me to get better, but I am so glad that I got better. And um, yeah, self-forgiveness is what what it took. Even with like Stacy, I had to find love for myself, which seemed impossible with all the stuff, but somehow some universal being showed up now i have meditation spiritual experiences angelic experiences i don't see things like people imagine craziness but think about the universe would not design an experience that way it would be impossible that's why we have like the third eye and the infinite and the two eyes it's super cool stuff when you get ready so anyway sending a love and energy of goodness out to people and yeah that's that was one of the the main awakening stories. I mean, it went from crazy, neurotic to beautiful, crazy, and free and safe and definitely loving and loved. So thank you, universe. And um, thank you for listening.